Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. If you have your Bibles, would you open them to 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2015. Boy, 2014 was a blur. I don't know about you, but it was a blur for me. And here we are, we find ourselves in in 2015. And and how are we approaching this year? I always love taking, uh, as we end one year and and heading to another, I always love approaching it from the aspect of of assessing and and looking forward and and just asking God, God, where would you have me to go and what would you have me to do and, and what would you have me to be? So uh, hopefully this morning God will be speaking through his word as I know he will because he always does. But 2 Corinthians chapter 12 beginning in verse 7. I have a tradition and I don't know about Brother James but would you stand to your feet as we read God's word this morning to bring honor to his word. Beginning in verse 7 Paul writes, And because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there has been given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I entreated the Lord three times that it might, be, might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and Thank you for your mercy. God, thank you that you do make something beautiful out of our lives, though we may wreck it at times. And, but, Father, you have come into each person and developed and grown what you desire us to be. So, Father, thank you that you do do that for us on an individual basis. Thank you that you do it for us collectively as the body of Christ. And Father, I just pray that you just continue to grow this congregation here as it reaches out and as it touches this community. And as they move on down the road, God, that knowing that you have bigger and better plans than they could ever imagine there in their new facility. So Lord, continue to bless, continue to lead, and continue to help us to be overcomers in this world in which we live today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Overcomers. Have you thought about 2015? Have you thought about what's going to be taking place? I know you're, you're looking at forward to moving into the new facility and getting all that. But beyond that, what are you looking at for this year to take place or, or imagining what could take place? Um, you know, we live in a day of, of paradoxes, if you really think about it, if you pay attention. You know, a paradox is defined as an assertion seemingly contradictory, you know, opposed to common sense, but yet having a little bit of truth. In it. For example, today people spend more and have less. That's a paradox. Uh, today, you know, uh, we have bigger houses and smaller families. My mother is one of 13 siblings. Uh, I'm glad I only had three boys. I love each one of them, but I'm glad I only had three. 
we have bigger houses and, and smaller families. Uh, we ha- listen, we have more conveniences today than in any other time in America, but we have less time. You know, the microwaves and all those things that makes things convenient, but yet we seem to have less time to spend doing the things we would like to do. Today, there are more degrees. People have more degrees, but yet less common sense. Less common sense. More education and less good judgment. You would think if, we had, if we're more educated, we'd have better judgment. Today, the field of medicine is amazing what they do in the field of medicine, but yet there seems to be more sickness. I'm I'm sorry that Brother Jimmy's sick, but I I appreciate the opportunity to be here worshiping with you. But again, all these paradoxes. We've occurred more possessions, valuable possessions today than any other time in America, but yet we've lost our values. We've lost our values. If you study the life of Christ you will notice that the Lord uses paradoxes in His teachings. He uses paradoxes to teach important points. And this morning, I want us to, uh, to look at a paradox that we find right here in our passage with Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Power is perfected in weakness. I want you to think about this coming year, church. And I don't know any of you, and I don't know what your lives are like or what. But I want you to think about, for 2015, being an overcomer. I don't know what you've got going on through your life and in your life. But God wants you to be an overcomer, just as he led Paul to be an overcomer. You know, through prayer and self-surrender, Paul comes to a place that he's glad to suffer. He was willing to suffer for the name of Christ. And if it meant glorifying Christ, he would suffer. He wanted the power of Christ to be exemplified through his life. Two things I want to point out to you in our our passage this morning concerning Paul's life. We could take away a lot of things, but two things I want you to take away this morning as we head in to this new year of 2015. We can become overcomers if we experience God's all-sufficient grace. We have to let God's grace come into our lives, and we have to experience it. We can talk about it. We can sing about God's amazing grace, but do we allow it, do we truly experience in our lives? And to do that, listen, it begins with every one of us at the same point, the realization that we are a sinful people, that we are a sinful creature. But because of God's grace, God brings us out. He he makes something, as that song said that Emily was saying, he makes something beautiful out of that in our lives. And that was Paul. Think about it. Saul was a very sinful person. He persecuted the church. He hated the church. He stood for everything against what the church stood for. And look what God did in his life as he allowed God's grace, all-sufficient grace to come in. And it continued throughout his life. You know, for us to know God's grace, we must understand that we're totally unworthy. I stand before you this morning unworthy of God's love and God's grace and God's mercy, but God has given that to me because of His love for me. And each of us here this morning has that in common. Our sinful nature disqualifies us from allowing us to enter into a relationship with a holy God. It's not what we've done. 
It's not who we are. It's not how much we serve. It's not how much we give. But it's what Christ did on the cross. Amen? That's what allows us to come and enter into this relationship with God who is holy. There is none. And again, I don't know any of you, but there's none. I can speak with truth this morning. There are, there's none who is good and worthy. And Paul understood this. Paul understood it better than anyone. Romans 3.23, Paul says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not only do we experience God's all-sufficient grace concerning our sins, but listen, we also experience His grace to be sufficient in times of trouble. Did you have times of trouble in 2014? Uh, I'm sure all of us did. You know, life doesn't go the way that we would like it to go sometimes. But that's life. But that's where God's all-sufficient grace comes in. Paul found himself to be a victim of Satan, as he says. And listen, we don't know the exact nature of the thorn in his flesh. There's speculation, you know, eyesight or, or different things. We don't know for sure. But all we do know is that it was bothersome to Paul. And it hindered him. And, it, and he felt like it kept him from doing what God had called him to do. But God was saying, look, that's okay. You can still do what I called you to do, despite this thorn that you have. My grace is sufficient. You know, he sought the Lord. The passage tells us that Paul sought the Lord on three different occasions, earnestly asking God to take this thorn from him. And notice what God's answer was. No. Have you ever received the answer no from the Lord? It's not easy to take, is it? (laughs) No. No. You know, just like our children, when we tell them no, they usually don't respond too well, do they, parents? <laughs> but God said no. But God's answer came in, t- in reassuring Paul that his grace was sufficient. He was telling Paul to depend upon him and not himself. Paul was a very prideful person. Paul was a very person who had really created who he was, Saul. He was educated. He was a Pharisee. You know, he was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. But yet God was saying, I don't care about all that. I don't care about all that. This is what I want you to be. This is what I want you to do. Paul was assured that God's grace would be sufficient in his time of need. The reply came in such a way, listen, that Paul knew this thorn Paul knew this pain would continue. It would never leave him. It would never leave him. But God was saying, I will never leave you also. I will be there. Me and my grace will be there to get you through, to sustain you. Again, we have those great words. Uh, Paul spoke, you know, spoken to Paul here. says, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Listen, church, we too can experience God's all-sufficient grace. And we too can overcome. Listen, I don't know what 2015 holds for me. I don't know what 2015 holds for you, but God does. Because He holds tomorrow in His hand. And His grace, His all-sufficient grace, is going to get us through whatever we face in this upcoming year. And we can rely on that. Paul relied on that. God's power, listen, is in our weakness. Is in our weakness. God hates the prideful, 
And I use that very sternly. God does not like pride. Paul was very prideful. God had to break Paul so that he would rely on him and him alone. Paul became an overcomer because he experienced God's all-sufficient grace. That's the first thing I want you to see. The second thing is this. We can become overcomers when we rely on God's strength. I mean, we talk about God's strength. He's all-powerful. But how often do we honestly find ourselves relying on His strength? A lot of times we find ourselves, what, doing it on our, in our own strength. And I don't know about you, but boy, I have fallen a lot of times and hit my nose when I've depended upon my own strength. Paul understood he needed to rely on God's strength. You know, what we're given here, if you look at this, we're given a formula for experiencing God's strength and relying on Him. And it's through God's strength that we begin to become overcomers. Those things in our life that want to suppress us. Listen, we all, every one of us, we're from different backgrounds, different eras, but we all have one thing in common. We have a single enemy, and that is Satan. And he wants to bring us down. I don't care if it's at Palmetto, Ramah, wherever. The enemy is the same, and he wants to bring us down. So God wants us to be overcomers, overcoming that that Satan is wanting to do to us. God's strength is made perfect through what? What do we see here that Paul was doing? Prayer. Continuing prayer. Paul continued to pray regarding the thorn in his flesh. He earnestly prayed that God would remove this thing from him. Eight and a half years ago when my wife and I moved here to this community... We moved here, and she was in a wheelchair. She was in a, we're talking about a lady who ran marathons just a year before that. And, and, and through that season, God took us through a season of prayer, intense prayer. We didn't understand. Just like Paul, we didn't understand. But we knew that God loved us, and, and God had a plan for us. And, and through different situations, God brought us through that. And today, she's back to, uh, you look at her, she's normal. She runs. But through that, God's all-sufficient grace got us through that very dark time in our lives. And we experienced His all-sufficient grace because in that moment of weakness, His strength got us through it. So whatever we may face in our lives, whatever we may experience and go through, God's grace, God's all-sufficient grace will get us through. If we're to find God's strength, And if we want it to be made perfect in our lives, listen, the key there is prayer. And I know that sounds too simple. But I want to ask you this morning, church, how important is prayer in your life? How important is prayer in your life? You know, back when, Jason, when I was a youth minister, I used to tell my youth, I said, look, I said, y'all love talking. I have not yet met a teenager yet that didn't like to talk. Uh, But listen, I would encourage them If you like to talk to your friends, talk to your best friend. Talk to Jesus. That's what prayer is. Just talk. Uh, I'm a cyclist, and and I love riding my bicycle. And and some of my most intense prayer time is spent on my bicycle. Sometimes I get so caught up in my prayer time on my bicycle, I forget what I'm doing. But that's prayer. And, And if we see this, Paul had entered into a season of prayer concerning this thorn, whatever it was. 
But how many times do we not get the answer we're looking for in our prayer? You believe God answers prayer? This is yes and this is no, church. Do you believe God answers prayer? Amen. He answers it the way that we may ask sometimes. The answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. And then sometimes it's wait. (laughs) There's no answer. Paul didn't get the answer he was looking for. But what he did get was something he was not expected. God's grace. God's grace and God's strength. You know, the scripture tells us those who seek shall find. Those who knock, it will be opened. Those who ask, it will be given. Jesus proclaimed those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. They will be filled. And that was Paul. Paul was thirsty and hungering for righteousness. God had changed him there on the Damascus Road. And he had spent time at what I call the school of Jesus for a couple of years. And Paul's mind was, was opened to the scriptures like he had never known them. And he was hungering and thirsting. And God's strength was being made perfect through his life. And Paul didn't understand it. How many times do we go through things in our life and we don't understand what's going on? How many times have we cried out like Job? You know, bewildered, not understanding why this has come upon us. Why we're experiencing this affliction. Why we're experiencing this setback or heartache. But God does. And that's when God's all-sufficient grace comes in. And and through that, we can become overcomers, such as Paul did. You know, sometimes God's answers look nothing like what we're asking for. And sometimes that's a good thing, because I believe God knows best. God knows best. Last night, as I sat upstairs uh, in my study area, and I began to pray, God, uh, where do you want me to go? In the morning. I didn't know. And even this morning, even this morning, as, as, as I again looked over my notes and thinking about what God wanted me to say this morning to you, I was still in my own flesh, I was still doubting. But then this morning, as the choir began singing, we'll understand it by and by. And as Emily sang that song, I'm thinking, okay, God, you know what's going on. I just need to accept it and go with you. And that was Paul. Paul's answer from God did not come until, notice he made three requests. Now, I'm not going to stand here and I'm not going to tell you that if you pray three times, God's going to answer your prayer. No, he's not. But I will tell you that if it's dear to your heart and you continue to pray, it'll be near to God's heart. And he's going to answer it. He may not answer it. It It may not look like what you desired it to be. But along with his answer will come his grace to accept his will. And and that's what it's all about, isn't it? God's will, not our will. God had a plan for Paul. Paul didn't understand it. All Paul could focus on was this thorn in his flesh. God had to get his attention off of his thorn and get his attention on God's will for his life. And his all-sufficient grace was what he did to do that with you know, here, here, here was the key for Paul. And I believe it's the key for us today. God's strength is made perfect as we gladly accept our weakness. 
Now, for us guys, I don't know about you men, uh, for us to admit that we're weak, that's something hard for us to do, especially before our wives and our families, because we want to be that strong person. But it is in our weakness that God's strength comes up and rises up in us and causes things to happen in our lives and leads us to doing things that we could never imagine ourselves doing. I never forget 27 years ago when God was calling me into the ministry, I kept saying, God, you've never made a mistake, but you're about to make a big one. I was scared to death. A kid who was born with a speech impediment, a kid who didn't even want to speak in public as a kid, even a kid who was in high school who had to take speech class, and thankfully I had a sweet teacher who helped me through that class. But yet God had a plan. And in my weakness... In my weakness, God's strength rises up and does and accomplishes His perfect will. When Paul realized that God's power shows up in human weakness, he emphatically proclaimed, and listen to the words of Paul, I would rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. In Christ, in Christ. Paul's life was a demonstration of how God's strength is made perfect in human weakness, in human suffering. It was from a prison waiting to be executed that Paul was able to say, because of God's all-sufficient grace, because of God's strength, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Paul had come that far. Paul wasn't even focused on his thorn. The thorn was still there. But it was a second thought. It was actually a fleeting thought. The main thing that Paul was focusing on was doing what God had called him to do. So in me saying that, let me ask you something, church, this morning. What is God calling you to do? I know he's calling the entire church to move on down the road. But what is he calling you to do individually? What are you resisting? Because of your insecurities, because of your incapabilities, thinking that you cannot do that. Well, let me give you an answer. You're exactly right. You cannot do it. But God can do it through you. God can do it through you, just as he did it through Paul. He can do it through you. The same God that gave his strength to Paul is the same God that is giving strength to us today to do his perfect will and his will is perfect but we must surrender to it we must accept our weaknesses knowing that in our weaknesses his strength will come out and guide us and lead us in our pain in our sorrow and in our agony in our heartaches and our disappointments our poverty troubles Even in our incapabilities, we must come to that point of turning it all over to God and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. It's a hard thing to say, but God is waiting on us to turn it over to him.
So what do you need to turn over to the Lord this morning? What do you need to be an overcomer in in your life? I don't know, but God knows, and you do. What do you need in God's strength and God's all-sufficient grace to help you through in your life? May 2015, as you look back at this point next year, as you look back at 2015, look back. Hopefully you'll look back and see where God helped you become an overcomer of that situation, of that circumstance in your life. And it was all because of his all-sufficient grace. Let's pray. God, thank you that you see in us what we cannot see and do not recognize. Paul could have never imagined that day on the Damascus Road, Lord, uh, when you humbled him and blinded him and yet in that moment called him to be your servant. And God, as you continued to work in his life over the years, God, how you used this individual Lord, we look at the letters that we have from Paul in the New Testament and we can stand amazed. But God, we know that it wasn't Paul, that in reality it was you. It was you leading and guiding him by the Holy Spirit, guiding his pen. Lord, Paul truly became an overcomer. He, came, he went from being a, a church persecutor to a church grower. Father, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but I can stand here and trust in faith knowing that you hold tomorrow in your hands. So God, whatever tomorrow we face, whatever circumstance or situation, perhaps we're even, it's already in our lives today. God, I know that we can be overcomers. Father, if we just trust in you and rely on you and and put our our hope and everything that we have in you because your grace is all-sufficient. Your grace is amazing. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us despite who we are, what we've been. Father, your love surrounds us and engulfs us. Thank you for hearing our prayers when we cry out to you. Thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us. God, I ask that you just continue to lead us. Lead us by your unerring hand, Father, and may our will surrender to you and your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.